Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60 day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Welcome to the Millionaire Mindcast, where we broadcast weekly interviews with millionaire minds from across the globe to empower you on your journey of unlocking a rich and fulfilling life. It's time to unleash your millionaire within. Now, here's your host, Maddie A. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. We are on the last, the last one. For the for last the year. episode for the of year. 2021. I know. You had to clarify. You're like, yeah, we, we like, ain't oh going God, nowhere. We're not going anywhere. We ain't going nowhere. It's just the last episode of 2021. And man, what a year it's been. It's been a wild one. It's definitely was better than 2020. That's yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think, you know, having some solid footing of kind of what to expect, still knowing that there was a lot of unknowns, but, you know. It, the world wasn't uh, melting down and, and crumbling and people aren't dying, you know, falling dead in the streets, bleeding out of their eyeballs. Like we actually survived the pandemic. And if anything, I think people found some some optimism and got back to live in Entrepreneurship life. is definitely up for better or for worse. I mean, it was the year of the resignation. It was the year of the startup. Mm -hmm. It was the year of many different things that I think, if anything have created a lot of opportunity and growth and excitement for people that decided to lean in. Yes. And on top of that, it also, I think, showed a lot of retail investors that they have a lot more power to do what they want to do to a certain degree without needing kind of a, some of the constraints that were assumed in the past. So you don't need to have a college degree to do a lot of stuff. Uh, you can be a business owner at your house if you decide to do that. You can make an income in your free time. Just all these things that everybody Dude, had you, always said, you can but nobody did. Go on, you know, or in to the metaverse and make Hell money yeah, sitting on your computer, like selling fake gas, NFTs. You can sell a freaking pixelated, you know, digital image that looks like shit and make a lot of money. Like Bread. so many different ways that we discovered in our studies, our research, you know, all the conversations that we had with guests and listeners, all the amazing ways there are out there to make money. And I think this evolution of money making is, is really only getting started. Yes. Right. There's a lot. Of, and I think what we saw were, um, some new things come into the landscape, uh, some that hit, some that were fringe and just fizzled, some that are still to be determined. But at the end of the day, we know what's tried, true, and tested. And that's what we like to at least invest the majority of our money into. Yeah, I have some, I have speculative Of course we do. I you just, and I are, we, we like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think most people that, you know, have this desire to grow wealth and play this, you know, money game, the, like, we're, being the collective general, you know, mm -hmm. wealth building type of individual, we're smart enough to pick, you know, 
are one or two buckets. Yeah. You know, like Feed I've, I've got my real estate bucket. I've got my financial bucket with you. I've got my life insurance bucket. I've got some of my slower growth, safer investment, you know, retirement things with you. But then I have this little pocket and pool of, you know, things that I'm like, if this goes to zero, I'm okay with that. Because there's a little bit of gambling, man, yeah. in me that I yeah. like to like. Speculate. I like to play, right? The definition, the re- reason the word speculation came around was because nobody wanted to say, "I'm just going to bet on this shit to go broke or to the moon." Because yep. that's like what it is. Speculation, by technical definition, means I am purchasing an item or something, an interest in something, in hopes that somebody will then either buy another one of those, which will drive my value up, or repurchase mine off of me for more than I purchased it. It's like being a drug dealer. I mean, literally, you're buying, you're trying to find the plug to go flip it. Instead of that's it. Instead of doing, you know, uh, all the the bad drugs, we are at least, uh, you know, we are curing our addictive personalities with. Stocks. Right. Stocks and crypto. And crypto. <laughs> if you were to pick your number one speculative investment this year, what would you say you threw your money at? I have my the crypto that I own because it it just, you know, it's literally less than 1% of my total holdings. But I have that. And then, you know, I do have some speculative like stock. Like I have some SPACs and... um some like uh, flying car companies and stuff, just some stuff that's like really out there, penny stock trading over the counter just for fun. Um, But the majority of my money goes into stuff that's just tried and true. You know, everybody likes to gawk at 10%, but when you make 10% on a million bucks, it's a hundred thousand dollars. So you better remember that. Yeah. Um, So that's low and steady. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, I don't know about you, but I'll take 10%. Oh, all day. all day long. It cracks me up because most of people, if you hear that and that sounds wrong, you're poor. Yeah. <laughs> I know I just bottom line. <laughs> Don't mean to be an asshole, but I'm just telling you right now, if if I tell you that we can, I'm going to be happy with 10% and you hear me say that and you're like, man, Ryan's settling for 10%, you are poor. Yeah. That's why you're still down there. <laughs> we are consistent. <laughs> exactly. With what we like to get. And where we like to get it. And those are the tried and true, you know, vehicles that we've been talking about. Yep. I'm curious for you guys, what has been your number one fringe investment that either hit or was a big loss oh, or learning so lesson? We'd love stuff. to hear from you guys. Shoot us a text at 844-447-1555 or Matty8MillionaireMindcast.com. We'll be uh, sharing some of those stories in the upcoming episodes. If you guys are new to the show, You know, we talk all things money here Mm -hmm. on this podcast. We love talking about how to make your money matter, make your money grow, and to unlock the financial goals and lifestyle that you have for yourself when you envision having those things. And if we can help you get there a little bit faster by creating space to have these kind of conversations, to grow, to lean in, that is what this show is all about. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy any of the content that we share. And don't forget to uh, share this out with anybody that might get some value from it. Also know that if you're an accredited investor and you are looking to get more syndication and investment opportunities, just text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555 to get on my direct investment opportunity list. And if you are someone that has a financial investment portfolio, and especially right now, I mean, this is the time of year to really be looking at your Mm -hmm. investments. How do they perform? You know, What gaps do you see? What holes can you poke? And really start to build out a better plan. Yeah. I mean, that's something that you and I have already reviewed, something that we talk about, something that we think about really in November. But um, if you haven't taken advantage of the free financial audit, we call it the x-ray that Ryan and his team do for all of our listeners. Anybody that has an investment portfolio that wants to really have that look through with a fine tooth comb. Um, most importantly, I think the biggest thing we find is a lot of people are either misallocated or they're being overcharged, overfeed, yeah. and that's something that can really make a big difference. When you're talking about compounding interest oh, yeah, on delta amounts year over year, that can really make a significant impact in your investment portfolio in a good or a bad way. So either having that level of confidence in what you're doing and how you're doing it, or if you're kind of unclear, 
Uh, text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. We've got some good news in terms of, uh, or at least some good you know, topics to talk about as we finish out the year. Not a ton of stuff going on in the markets. Just end of the year, holidays, people are focused on families. Uh, the one thing I'll point out is, as I said last on last week's episode, the Santa Claus rally was a little late to the to the party due to the Omicron uh, variant, a little bit of trade feud with China, that kind of stuff was was eking its way back into the emotions of investors. It started to subside, and then um, I was checking futures last night, and the futures market also said that the it looked pretty green today, and we've re- recaptured thirty six thousand on the Dow uh, as of the time that I'm, I'm speaking now. Um, this rally needs to hold through the end of next week in order to really kind of solidify that we've maybe started another small bull run in this bull market. If not, I would expect in, in the coming weeks um, a pullback of around seven to ten percent back close to the two hundred day moving average on the s and p five hundred, which will obviously affect other stocks and it's just because we've kind of been on a really big upswing and even during bull markets, corrections are normal because they correct over hot areas of the market. Yep. Um, I would be very weary, even though I, as I say today, I'm overweight tech in some of my, uh, in my personal portfolio. And then for some of my clients, I'd be weary as a re- retail investor if you are not a professional investor like I am, um, to be weary on tech moving into the early year of 2022. It seems that there's going to, if if we are con- going to continue this reopen trend slowly but surely, and if tapering is going to be what it is, which is what it is, um, we're going to see other asset um, purchasing happen outside of tech, in areas of industrials, in areas of consumer defensive, in areas of consumer cyclicals, which still have tech implications. They're just not overweight tech. Um, time will tell. The nice thing is when you're wrong on that and you still have some overweight tech, you still win. So it's a it's a it's a good thing. I just think that technology stocks have been so in favor for the, the shortcoming these past almost 24 months. Yeah, it has to. You think some of the air is going to get let out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And then some of the some of the companies that have had money put into them, for example, like Peloton. I mean, there's that that stock really pulled back because it's like great people are going to start going to gyms again. I mean, you cannot expect as many people riding a Peloton when they have the opportunity now to go to the gym, especially, I mean, my gym has Pelotons in my gym. So I think I was reading to you some statistics, like um, just some basic ones. And like a lot of them are trending towards that people want, even with this variant right now, people want to be doing something because the narrative of, Oh, you know, we got to lock back down. I mean, it's not hitting. It's really not even hitting in California. I mean, we were downtown at, we're in downtown. Well, what, what we've seen is compliance by the businesses, and then they're no longer enforcing Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. So, and and I think that's been kind of across the board. I, I was reading an article the other day, and it said, you know, these these quote unquote mandates and or you know restrictions, lockdowns, whatever you want to call them, um, this go around the level of enforcement of them has been almost non-existent where, Mm -hmm. uh, let me put my sign in the, you know, in the window just to be compliant if I need to. But even then there hasn't been any governing body that's going around enforcing and finding these things. There's no enforcement action on, at least in our state, there's no enforcement action on the back end of it. So like, there's nobody to tell. There's no the health department can't come and, and well, be mad when, at when you. When the CDC's putting out on their own website that the um, basically the you know symptoms of Omicron and this thing that they're really trying to run with and, and shut it's down, right? CN- CNN's got its ticker going again. I mean, it was literally identical hey, to when the- motherfucking LeBron James comes out and starts saying, hey, guys, I'm starting to kind of call bullshit on this. Like, he posted his old Spider-Man meme. You saw that? Yes, I did. COVID, flu, cold. Yep. I mean, if you cannot wake up and smell the coffee. COVID is real. I mean, don't... I caught it. Matt caught it like 74 times. (laughs) (laughs) It's for sure real. But, like, do you realize there's a new variant of the flu almost every year? That's why you can re-get it. You know, there's a variant of the of the rhinovirus, which is the cold. 
I mean, it just is, blows my fucking mind that that the Democrats think that it's so. I mean, they have such a stoop. Sorry, not sorry, but sorry for all these people who fear Democrats. Sorry, I mean, just such a stupid base. They can't think for themselves. And then they feed and prey on the emotions of like kids and then college. I mean, the college campus is so much different than when I was in college. For sure. I mean, it was already like a safe place to speak your mind, but like oh, it's, now, now it's like a freaking echo hall for like socialism. Yeah. That's like what it, it's like an echo chamber for that. And, all, and then all these kids are there on loaned money, mm-hmm. borrowed money. Borrowed money. They, they on government payroll. Go, yeah, exactly. And they are deferring your payments. Oh my gosh! It just it's Biden like, extended ugh. the loan, student loan uh, repayment until at least froze it until end of May. Yeah. So that, that, that was something they were getting a lot of heat on. Yes. And obviously that was something he campaigned big on. He can't. He hasn't canceled any of my loans. And they essentially decided to go away with that then a lot of pressure came from it now i think they got a lot of backlash when they were like we're gonna stop canceling out our citizens debt but we're gonna write we're gonna write checks to freaking illegal immigrants for thousands of dollars um that doesn't really sit very well and i mean he's just one of the even if you didn't you like trump you don't like trump he's he's trending and ranking lower than trump is from his own support base Mm -hmm. because they find it i mean they've they've realized that he may have been their party preference, but man, he sucks. Mm-hmm. It just sucks as a as a leader, um, and is just so soft. I mean, you can just see the world how they're look at what Russia's posturing at Ukraine. That would have never happened under Trump. Look at Turkey, how they're what they're doing with their lira. That would have never happened under Trump. Just things that don't happen when you have somebody that will do something, mm-hmm. and they know that Biden won't do anything. Yeah. I mean, when Russia, China, and Iran hold a meeting, which they just did this weekend, and the meeting is essentially around, hey, United States can't really do shit to us anymore. All they can do is impose economic sanctions. So let's go ahead and create a little pact between us three. And when that shit happens, we'll help each other out. So that's the trend of where it's going. And that's what happens when when a world superpower, which is us, decides to bend over backwards uh, to who to the people that do wrong. Yep. I think essentially it's going to be really interesting to see how this global dynamic impacts the economic landscape of the U.S. I think it's an opportunity for us to shore up some of our own stuff here in the U.S., but it could also be something that if not executed on properly and we don't take the right stance on things, we really lose some footing. I think we lose a lot of strength in the global economy. And it's not time to rest on our laurels by any means. And, you know, we're in a very interesting time from a cultural perspective and the dynamics that are going on here. And, yeah, I just don't think that this administration is really doing anything to unify or to advance us on really important topics. And if anything, I think what's being, you know, kind of inserted into the the minds of younger people is setting us up for some potentially very challenging times in the future. Agreed. Yeah. Especially when everything is so catered to being like weak minded, weak willed. I saw this uh, meme the other day and it was, it's a picture of um, the men in Normandy getting off the boat in 1944, basically, you know, facing yes, impending, and pending year olds pending death. And then it says men today facing a 99.9% survival rate. And it's a guy in a mask, like hiding behind a chair, you know, it, it's just crazy to me how much really how easy it is for people to forget history and, and struggle and, and the challenges and the, the sacrifices that human beings have and have to make to do hard work mm-hmm. to get great things. And that's really with anything, whether it's your health, whether it's your marriage, whether it's, you know, a business, financial freedom, like nothing great is just handed to you on a silver platter. And if it is like you didn't earn it, you know it, mm-hmm. you usually won't sustain it and keep it because you didn't build up the real skills and mental capacity, physical you know, capabilities to actually not only keep it, but know that you can recreate it 
and actually build and grow it. Yep. So it's really interesting times, I think, that we're living in. But at the same time, that's where people got to stand up. People got to speak out. You got to say things. I think you can do it in a, like, we try and keep it as diplomatic as we possibly can to be reasonable and logical and sensical about what's going on on whether it's, you know, in the stock market or real estate or politics or whatever it may be, you know, policy with, you know, the mandates and all of these things. I think it really requires a lot of critical thinking. And with technology nowadays, things can be done and spun to trick you and to, you know, confuse you. And a lot of it isn't true. Right. So I think you just really got to lean into and that's the power of communities and, and and circles and narratives that you're plugged into the right ones that you feel the most aligned with and that you feel, you know, make the most sense to you. And, you know, there's just a lot of fringe bullshit that I don't think serves any purpose, but the power at B and well, it's even and that, it, like and that it's, thing you like sent me this weekend, that little, you know, that excerpt, I mean, it just loaded information like, don't do this because I say this and I have software to make five slides on my Instagram. So obviously I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and it's just not true. Yep. And I think I have a unique position because I'm, I'm younger. And so I'm, you know, I may, I may be one of those people, but I think like an older person. Yeah. So it's, I kind of break the mold on that. And when I, if you hear a 29, 30 year old saying, you know, hey, you know, cryptocurrency isn't all it's hyped up to be. And then you have like a cult following of that age group behind it. Mm-hmm. Maybe something's to be said about that. Yeah, for sure. So we've got a quick little update on the most overhyped stuff headed into 2020. We talked about a lot of stuff kind of coming into or 2022. Sorry. Yeah. See, I'm yep. still in a time. Back work. to the future. Uh, most overhyped stuff headed into 2022. Now, I think this is all up for debate, but this was an article that Uh came out um, and released this last week on some of the trends and some of the topics that we kind of saw, at least in the spotlight, get some some showtime. And whether you agree with them or not, I think they're still things that will be in discussion and potentially be something that thrives or dies, right? I agree. So... Number one was the metaverse. Yeah, that one I um, I still have not – I am not buying that people are just going to run in droves to slap on a, a headset and sit on their couches. I just am not – I don't buy that bullshit. I think that's a lot of hype. I think that um, – I think Silicon Valley is pushing it a lot because – they are the ones that are going to reap the monetary benefits of that system if it does, like Web3, Metaverse. But like, I, I just, again, I'm like, I'm trying to be open-minded about it, but what does it do? And what's the difference between just sitting in front of my computer and playing a video game? It's just like putting a video game on your face and then that's all you see. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid. I mean, I don't, I really... And then people are like, oh, well, you know, we can have virtual networking like that. That I think is kind of cool, right? Oh, hey. Yeah, what Bill Gates um, came out this last week and said all, you know, business meetings are going to be held in the metaverse within absolutely three not. years. Nope, that is completely false. You don't believe Bill? No, Come I don't on, believe Come on, man. Bill. He's the most trustworthy dude on the planet. I don't think so. I, I, think I, I did be- see another funny meme, too. Uh, he said that he, uh, 2022 was the most challenging or 2021 was the most challenging year of his life. And then it showed like his net worth growth and it went from like a hundred billion to like 124 billion in one year. And people were like, yeah, tough, tough year, tough cookie. Sorry, pal. So the metaverse for me, again, I just, yay or nay. No, no, not right now. It just, nobody knows what it has potential to be something, but like, to think that overhyped. People, oh, you're saying overhyped or underhyped? Way overhyped. 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 Yep. Catering to Gen. Well, here before that, I think I think you're right. I think you know Metaverse is early still, but I also think early adopters, you know, are the ones obviously who always kind of look crazy and are going after some of the fringe stuff. This one feels fringe due to timing right now, but long term, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's 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 here to stay. I think yeah, yeah. younger I generations, 
you know, the way we used to geek out on our, you know, Nintendo 64 or Sega or when PlayStation or Xbox first came out. I mean, e-gaming is only if you look at esports, you look at e-gaming, you look at like instead of professional sports teams, there's professional e-gaming teams. You know, um, I've been working with a private equity fund out of L.A. and they're building one of the largest they built our building, the largest e-gaming complex. It's like freaking Staples Center. Like it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking like uh, this can is, hold a hundred thousand types of people. I see so, that, but I don't see just people like, yeah, fuck, but, but fuck think the of world. How Let's many just wrap up. Think and of how many recluse and... type of people there are in the world that again, are kind of like more of the masses. We're talking, you know, the, the five or 10% of the people who go out and do majority of the production in the world. I still think reclusive people still like going outside though. Yes, but I think they may like to go outside still while living more in the metaverse world. Time will tell. Still to be determined, but I I think at the moment it's overhyped. They're doing what they can to get some traction for it, but I think it's still very early. Number two, NFTs. Your favorite. Mm. You want to go pay $4 billion for I just don't think – CryptoPunk. I think the, that, what again, how they exist now is just dog. It's just crap. I mean like it's just a computer-generated JPEG and then they switch up. The I think the technology of NFTs Agreed. is awesome and it's going to – It's going to be good for tickets and yeah, transactional things. I think all types of stuff on documents. that front. Yep. But it's not going to be a fucking picture of a of a koala that or, I think or it's some stupid another stupid. another thing that is extremely early. Um, there were some interesting stuff that came out this past week. I think it was somebody had their their NFT basically hijacked from them. It was like two hundred thousand dollars that they purchased something, you know, in Ethereum, and it ended up getting taken from them somehow. Um, so there's it's still. You know, there's a lot of scams out there. Um, this one was, are NFTs a scam? Well, no, of course not. The underlying technology is undeniable. NFTs are simply a way to verify ownership of a digital item. And they are an absolutely disruptive technology that will change the world in many ways. But we totally understand why so many in the mainstream think they are a scam. It's simply because many F- NFTs are a scam. We're going to show you exactly why. And so they basically go through this playbook. But ultimately, like here, here, here is the basic playbook. Number one, an individual or group of people hire an artist on you know, Fiverr or Upwork to create yet another NFT collection that's essentially just a copy of hundreds of collections that already exist. Yeah. And then essentially, right, they use the technology, which is a good piece, and they, you know, scam, they scam you. you. Yeah. So I think, you know, whether it was the crypto pump that we saw this year, whether it's NFT scams, I think more why I think it's still a little overhyped is because there isn't this level of one simplicity and understanding it. And then two, the confidence no of rec- security yeah, there's and no recognition of ownership. Yeah. You can just say, look, I own this NFT and I can be like, great. Hold on just and a second. Screenshot. Whether it's crypto, I metaverse, NFTs. It is so it, it's it's hyped up and adopted, I think, by very young kids and generations and a few, right, maybe influencers here and there, but the yeah. overall grand adoption so far off, it's yeah. it's not even close. Yeah, Gary V is one of the proponents that's kind of really pushing NFTs. And you also gotta be like weary of people like that. You wanna talk about somebody who's gotten like stone cold off his own supply? Gary V, if you cut him, bleeds little Gary V's. He thinks that everything he says is just he is he knows because he's Gary V. I you love got, Gary V. I like him too, but you got to be very careful because getting Biggie said it best: never get high on your own supply. I mean, like he was right. He's been right a couple times, and the only reason that he is who he is today is COVID. The last two years have really skyrocketed his brand. And he's very much latched on to all the hyped up trends and has continued to hype them up more. Yeah. I'd be very weary of NFTs as they exist right now because they're they're not going to be what they are right now. They're oh. going to be validators. That's what I think. Overhyped trend number three, catering to Gen Z. Yeah. And that's, I think that one 
has been happening for a while. I don't. I don't. What does think, that mean to you? Um, like with branding. Uh, I think of when I think Gen Z. I think of you know when they like always. You know, like I see a, a brand of Gen Z, and please everybody understand. I'm giving an example right now. A soft pastel color with a a non-defined faceless brown woman who's running around. And it's just like, it, it just feeds, to, you know, let me see some, a woman portrayed as a lesbian with shaved hair and she's an artist and exploring and uh, yeah, everything's good. And you can just eat healthy and explore Nothing costs any money. So don't worry about it. Like it, that's this, that's, it's been over catered in my opinion. Mm. And it's just like selling this vision of a, of a utopic world that does not exist. Um, because Gen Z's are pussies and they, <laughs> they, that's literally, I mean, to, to put it as straight as I can put it, they are lust. I wish I could say I disagreed with you. They are I know. so soft. If you're a Gen Zer that's listening to this right now, I can already tell you that you're a rare breed because you're somebody who's seeking out financial advice oh. and you're seeking out wealth building opportunities yeah, I don't and say you're that. seeking out entrepreneurship. I don't say that to be mean. I mean, it's, it's just honest. It, but a large pool, you know, and I heard this um, a while ago from somebody else. I forget who it was, but it was like, you know, my, our grandparents felt the same way about our parents because they were doing stuff no, differently. This is and different. Our parents felt differently about, you know, the uh, Gen Ys is and, and then morals. us, the millennials. This that feels a little different it's to me. Like, I don't guys. feel like a crusty old man. I was like, those Gen Zers, I like to look at everybody, you know, but I think, it, like you said, it's, it's characteristics and core values that I look at. Garbage. And like, it's, you a guys, little concerning to yeah, me. Yeah, you That's guys all. value a, I mean, a phone, a, like a relationship over a phone more than a conversation in person. It's sickening. So yeah, I don't like that, man. That's the, the, and it, it also goes down to a lot of parents in my generation having kids because it's a freaking, it's like a trend. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing in my generation. Oh, let's, we got out of high school. Let's go freaking have kids right now. Mm -hmm. Let's have three of them. And now we're stuck because we have three kids. We don't have time to raise them properly, so they don't get the attention they need. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Now, those are terrible kids going out into the world, and those are the people we got to deal with. Yeah. So I don't say the sharp stuff that I say to be mean. It's just a fact. I mean, Gen Z, stiffen up and harden up on me, man. Come on. The cult of efficiency. That also, I think that is the biggest one of 2020 and 2021. Uh, not that, you know, the Goggins and all those people are bad, but like, uh, and I even like like Andy Frisella and stuff, but like, the overhyping of like 75 hard and like stuff like that, that, that shit's not good for you. And like the fact that people are like, Oh, well it's hard and I'm doing it. So because I'm doing something that's hard, it must be good. 
I get the, the mindset, but like the uh, self-help, uh, the popping up of like people giving advice who have no idea uh, what they're talking about in, in areas in their life that they've never succeeded in. Yeah. Uh, that is a big, that's probably the biggest one that's up there with NFTs. <laughs> the internet, social media as a whole has given people a platform to speak. And I, and I love that. But with good, there's always bad. That's the beauty of life is there's du- duality, right? And so I think that's where, if anything, discernment is so key and critical. I don't let anybody speak into my life that has not actually, from experience, gotten or achieved the result themselves. If you fucking watched a YouTube video or read something, go and execute on that. Get and a result with it. it yeah, and then talk, and then about, talk about your experience. But don't act and share as if you are the expert because you listened to an expert or yep. read a book on an expert yep. and didn't actually do it yourself because all that does is really discredit, discount you and make you look like a fool. Matt snaps right now. Yeah. Like it <laughs> just, just literally that's is. probably one of my biggest uh, pet peeves. And so I think that comes back to authenticity and and being genuine and like true to who you are. Yeah. I've talked to, I mean, there's so many people. Because we know a lot of people like in that. In your space and my mm-hmm. space. Just in general. Ugh. So this cult of efficiency as, you know, like being these hyper productive people, but they haven't gotten anything done or <laughs> done reading anything. a book every week or listening to 50 podcasts, you know, a year or a, you know, a month or whatever it may be. Go and get results. Results will show efficiency. Not you know, what, like, instead of being a consumer, be a doer. And I think that is something that if you can be a doer and do focus on less things, but do more and do more of them well and better, you're going to build more skills. You're going to build more confidence and you're going to feel more congruent and aligned with the person that you are and want to become than pretending like you're somebody else who hasn't done something but just knows a lot about it a lot. Yeah, and that's one thing that there is no shortage of is that person. They're everywhere. Yep. I mean, and like, they're very, they're now people are so smart. We've had so many marketing messages and so many people throw things and say things at us. People are they're good at sniffing out the bullshit now, which is also a great opportunity for the real people to rise to the top mm-hmm. and really showcase and, and, you know, carve out market share because yeah, discern themselves yeah. from the, from the fake for sure. Number, what are we on? Five, five. VR virtual that reality overhyped not, or underhyped? That's underhyped. Underhyped. Tell yes. me more. Think about what that can do for the real estate space for it already has I know, essentially yeah. over the last couple of years with um, 3d virtual tours especially during yeah. the pandemic people were I, touring out I have stock in a company and i can't say it because i have i'm still buying it but there's a company that just went public that is that's their whole gig yeah and now it's like i can take my phone and scan it think of you being a real estate investor and you have an, an out-of-state investor and you want to use their money and they're like hey i want to show you this house really quick I'm going to put on a camera, go and jump in, put on your Oculus or VR headset or whatever. Let's go take a tour of this. Can you see this? Imagine when you have out-of-state properties as a, as a landlord and you have one of your people walk the property and you're there virtually. I think that's a little underhyped. I think there's a lot of run room on virtual reality and especially in the gaming space, especially. I mean, it has, that is something that I think has a lot of runway. And some of the stuff we talked about prior will plug into that or mm-hmm. it will plug into them and help bring them up. But VR, I think, is has underhyped. And I think it's because we had this hype of it with Oculus mm-hmm. and it kind of cooled off. And now it's starting to heat up again with the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think VR is something that's for sure here to stay. The number one um, trending gift this year was the Oculus VR headset. I saw that on Christmas. Man. Yep. That, that and like- and the number one app downloaded on the App Store was Oculus. So we're we're seeing some more adoption happen in that space. Um, there's still for sure a lot of stuff to work out and work through. But you know when you're seeing eighty year old grandmas start jumping on that stuff because it's simple and it's fun and it's fun. Yeah, I've done and it, and it has a purpose. Yeah, too right like. There's the gaming side of things. Working out. There's the physical aspect yeah, of which things. Which I just saw that and I was like, that's what I'm saying. There's, there, there's actual like 
like like pilots yeah. learning how to be an airplane pilot. Yeah, because what's different? There, what's the difference between the big? There, there isn't simulator, right? A simulator is a vir- big virtual reality box. So there's definitely a lot of more utility coming into the space. So I agree, underhyped. Last one: remote and hybrid work. Um, I think for I think that for some industries it is it's for sure overhyped because there's already data to prove that productivity cannot sustain because most people don't have the uh, wherewithal to just say, Hey, I'm going to be, re- I'm going to be loyal to my company and I'm going to, I'm going to work solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll take a five, 10 minute break. And if a thousand people are doing that every single day, that hurts the productivity of a company. So I think there's some industries where that's going to be really good. It's done a lot for my industry as far as, uh, opening the box to doing business with people in other states because they're more comfortable working virtually or working remotely. That being said, though, I don't think the office space is going to go anywhere because it drives culture. And culture, as you know, is one of the four pillars, in my opinion, of a strong company. And if you have a weak culture, doesn't matter what kind of product you have, doesn't matter. So I think that that is, I think that that is, uh, if we're saying remote work, staying around, I think it's overhyped because I don't believe it will. Um, and there's, and we can simply know that there's too many companies that are in black and white, can't get out investments in commercial leases that are 20, 30 years old that don't have the bankroll of Salesforce to stroke a check and get out of mm-hmm. a building. They're going to make their employees come back. Yeah. Um, will some of those people that don't want to come back work in industries that have gone more virtual? like um, telemedicine, like uh, underwriting for insurance. There's a place for those people. I just don't think it's in those industries. For sure. I mean, we've definitely seen a shuffling of things that can go remote, go remote. Mm -hmm. And I think there will be some stickiness to that. But I think there will also be, like you said, that never-ending void of culture that can be filled when you're in person. You, like there's just something of face to face, like I get to see you versus like when we zoom, it, it hits different. Oh, yeah, it does. Right. And yeah. so I think especially when you're building teams now, will you be able to have your meetings in the metaverse in three years? Like Billy Boy says, Potentially. Well, who knows? We'll but I still there, there's something about the way humans are designed and, and our natural innate desires that physical connectivity and proximity, it's not duplicatable in, in the digital spaces. Agreed. It, it can be, um, it can be copied and, and imitated. Yeah. But it, it's but it, but replicable. it, but it doesn't hit the same. So I think that is, um, going to be something that we'll see kind of get pulled back a little bit. Yeah. And I, and I hope, I hope we do to be completely honest Me too, because it's also indicative of a reopening economy. Yes. 100%. All right. So with that being said, crypto, any updates in crypto this uh, week? It crypto's broke up over a little bit, 50, 50 grand. So we're at, back into the low 50s. I'm, um, there's a lot more warning papers coming out from laureate level economists telling people that what I have been saying, I'm starting to see a lot of the stuff that I've said now eight, nine months later regurgitated by people that are way smarter than me. I've shown them to Matt. Um I am sitting here patiently waiting for Bitcoin to plunge. It is the worst cryptocurrency that exists. It just has first to, it's a first adopter syndrome. It's literally like, that's the only reason. It's the worst blockchain. It's the slowest. It's not environmentally sound. It doesn't scale well. It doesn't transfer currency well. It just doesn't do anything well. All it did is get people interested in crypto. So one day that'll go away. I'm very bullish on Ethereum for 2020. I think that there's some other smart contract type um, stuff. I'm looking at this new trend that is coming out that is decentralized lending, which is a decentralized finance type stuff. And I, I saw this website and I'm not going to say what it's called because I'm not encouraging you guys to buy it or do it. But essentially, you go to the website and you just make free money. I'm not kidding you. It says, type in any amount of money that you want and you can make it right now. And then we will stake, we'll lend that money to you at a percentage, whatever you want. And then we'll issue these tokens to people that are 
paying that interest or holding that interest as a, as a collateral. And because they're staking, we're going to pay them interest off of your loan. So that is very interesting. Where, what, what is this called? Um, I, it's, there's a, the, the one that I'm really looking at is called abracadabra money. I know that sounds so fucking stupid. And they have a thing called spell token. This is not advice to buy it. I do not, I'm not encouraging anybody to purchase this. This is just something I just recently have been studying. That is very, very, very interesting to me because I actually dug deep. I read their white paper. It seems like it makes sense. It's hmm. just using, it's just tapping. I have money. Rob and Peter to pay Paul, but really more it's, it's like a. It's pooling people's money together to be a bank. Yeah, it's a Western it's just, Union. It's just like, hey, here's 19 people. These 19 people have the amount of money you need and they don't need it. They said you can use it. What's no, the collateral? Interest. Interest. So, so it's, I have to, I have to study it more, mm -hmm. but that one is really interesting. Yeah. Interesting. To something to, to take a look at for yeah, sure. Yeah. So those are, that's for crypto. That's something I'm looking at for 2022. Other than that, I'm just looking stock market. looks like it's going to be good. Again, we have a nice setup. A uh, January should be volatile and I'll be here to talk all about it. January through December That's right. Year. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Never miss another episode. Leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you enjoy listening to this content on. Shoot us a text if you haven't set it up yet. Your new listener, 844-447-1555. We talked about, um, you still have the seven high-frequency indicators of a strong economy up? Yeah. Essentially, the, the ones it was, I don't know why it was the ones it was, but it was New York um, City, uh, what am I trying to say? The uh, trains. Subway? Su subway um, usage at about 30% of 33% of capacity. But the one of the seven that stuck out to me the most was when I was talking to you was the hotel and uh, trends. Occupancies. And then, and then movie ticket purchases. Mm. Both of them are trending up. And actually the hotel one is 8% year over year higher than it would have been in 2019 at the same time. That tells us that people want to get out and it's indicative of an opening up economy. The, those just two things that I've mentioned there help with me solidify that we are in a new bull market. And although there's volatility right now, it's just part of the beginning of a new bull market. I love it. I love it, my man. Well, with that being said, guys, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you. You guys have kept Millionaire Mindcast in the top 0.01% of podcasts in all Zealand. All Zealand. We wouldn't be able to do that without you guys. We're at millions of downloads. Um, you know, I think I'm over getting close to over 500 episodes in, f going on year six. Yeah. Uh, Papa Breedwell, my brother, has been with me for the last two years on Wealth Building Wednesday. And this is something that we're just, we love it. We're passionate about it. Um, it's something that we would do, you know, whether uh, you guys listened or not, because I think yeah. you and I are just obsessed with talking and debating and, you know, and growing. And that's what this community is all about. I have gotten, I got a lot of Christmas cards from you guys. I don't even know how the hell y'all got my address. That was a little creepy, but that was kind of cool at the same time. Um, <laughs> I, I got tons of, you know, amazing emails and text messages throughout the year, hearing about your wins and the work that you guys are putting in. And that's honestly the, the, the best gift that we could get from this show is I had hearing a, about what you guys are doing. I had a listener send in uh, their first flip check. They sent me a picture day before Christmas. I made forty one thousand dollars. It's amazing. It wasn't because of me. They were listening. It was your stuff. But still, like that's that's the power that we have to bring to you guys, and that's all we want. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're if you're not quite there yet, you're not seeing the results that you want to see. You know, if you're you're feeling like giving up, just know that this. The people who win the race, you know, metaphorically, the people who cross, you know, certain uh, thresholds and milestones, they're the people that are are running the marathon and understand that this is a marathon. This is going to require endurance. It's going to require mental fortitude. It's going to require you to be okay with getting bumps and bruises. And, you know, if we were all, you know, at least the most successful people I know in life, you know, kind of strip down and get naked, you know, 
everybody's got scars. Everybody's mm-hmm. got bumps and bruises. Like anybody that goes for amazing shit in their life is going to have to be okay with the fact that the pain is part of your path of progress. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, consider this. The last thing to grow on a fruit tree is what? The fruit. The fruit. It's the last thing. It, it requires you to plant the seed, nurture the seed, you know, let seasons of fostering and, you know, developing what yep. a tree needs to then be able to be in a place that it can actually produce the fruit, which is the whole purpose of why the tree was planted in the first place. Yep. So keep doing what you're doing. Look at 2020 as just another stepping stone to an amazing year of growth, of challenges, because there are going to be those as well. You know, if you got the right people around you, you got the right people in your corner to bounce ideas off of to help give you the confidence in the areas that you might not be weak in, to double down and even build and compound your confidence in the areas that are working for you. Create your plan, execute on your plan, reflect, optimize. Let us know if we can support you guys in any way. Shoot us a text at 844-447. Don't forget to take advantage of getting on my deals list. Let's do some investments together. Don't forget to take advantage of the free financial x-ray that Ryan and his team uh, put out for all of our amazing listeners Mm -hmm. and know that we're gonna have a lot more value for you guys coming back in 2022. With that being said, much love, guys. Peace. We'll see you next year. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to, to help you sharpen your ax, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that X-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.